This podcast may contain adult themes and language and may not be suitable for those under 18. Please note that we are not professionals. Just individuals who have lived with addiction in many forms and have found support and relief through various means of therapy and recovery. We do not speak for and are not allied with any recovery or self-help program. All of the things discussed on this podcast are our own opinions and from our own experiences. All right. This is from here to... Insanity, God damn it. Hi. <laughs> we are going straight there. <laughs> so this is, welcome back. To welcome back to, to, here, to hear from insanity. insanity. This is garbage. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we did it so well last time. Okay, here we go for real. Welcome back to to hear, hear from, from insanity. insanity. Oh, we said it together. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> when people say things together, it always feels very Stepford to me. Like, yeah. I feel like it's the children in The Shining. Oh. Come play with us. <laughs> Is that who we are now? No. Oh, thank um, God. Although I was I was a, a burlesque version of, of a, The Shining That's Twins. That's right. That was excellent. That was fun. That was for a pretty spoopy Halloween uh themed burlesque show I did like a year ago or something. That was fun. Um, yeah, so I'm Emma. I'm Haley. And we are just two uh, 20-something-year-old baby bunnies in a in an extra tall, overgrown lawn just watching that lawnmower huh, creep closer and closer. It's getting louder. You know, the ground's shaking a little bit. Yeah. We can't find our baby bunny hole where our parents left us. The baby bunny. The baby bunny. And we are doing what we can before we that are. lawnmower reaches us. Um, we're avoiding a lawnmower, is what I meant to say. It's dark. Um, real dark. Well, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> you know, that's why we're in recovery. Yeah, we're here. So a little bit about us. Uh, if you are just joining us, which you probably are, because this is our first real episode. Yeah, that's right. I guess it's kind of our second episode, but... This is episode one as opposed to episode zero. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. So on exactly. that... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... So, yeah, basically, we are two 20-something-year-old, you know, millennial. Well, I guess I'm a millennial. You're technically like a Gen Z. Yeah. So there's a little language barrier there. Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, we're just sort of two people who uh, used to not be doing so hot. And now we're doing slightly better. Um, And we're just going to kind of talk about topics and how we used to handle it and what works for us now. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of coping tools and a lot of achieving better mindsets, as corny as that sounds. It does sound super, super corny, but hopefully uh, we'll make it... I was trying to come up with a good corn pun. We'll shuck that corn right off the cob in uh, our little ears. No. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh, get them no. nice and open. Because here come the kernels. Haley. Um, yes. 
a resident pun queen. It's exclusively how she flirts. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was so much of a pun as it was a frantic word vomit, but that's also how I flirt. Yeah. Um, so, Haley, how was your day? My day was actually pretty good. Um, my job has been better. However, I did open my phone to see five missed calls from a person that I'm no longer really associated with. We can call him my ridiculous rebound. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good way to put him. Yeah, you know, you meet somebody who's significantly older than you at an emo show and decide, oh yes, this is the one I'm going to marry, knowing damn well you are coping in a poor way. And you don't realize until... But you know what? It's all lessons. It's all lessons. Put that right there in your evidence bag. It's in the evidence bag. I have a new data point that called me five times in a row today and then lied. About and then denied it. Denied it entirely with the evidence right there. It called you lady. Call me, called me lady. And, um... Sorry, lady. <laughs> That's what he said. That's my name. I'm lady. Um, so, uh, I could say that in doing that, he crossed... A boundary. <gasps> oh, oh, oh! How was your day, Emma? Well, I had some success setting boundaries. How so? Uh, okay, so that was honestly me just kind of trying to stress it, stretch it in, you yeah, know, like make it work. Yeah. But I did. I uh, had a good day at work today. Um, I'm super excited because it's a two day week for me because Thanksgiving's happening mm-hmm. this week. We are recording on a Monday, and uh, Thanksgivings are exclusively on Thursdays. So that's that's uh, that's good creeping stuff. creeping right along. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a good I had a good time. Um, I actually have this thing that I have um, where I like to pretend I'm better than people. Oh yeah, it's are really you familiar fun. with that? Absolutely. Yeah, and so a way I like to do that, especially, is um, by like doing work really, really fast, um, which is frustrating because I actually share my position with another person. Um, and you know, things can be hard, um, when you have to share (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're not super good at it. And you're also not really good at stating your needs, um, or setting boundaries. Uh, and this morning I was working on this project, right? Um, it's just like this little thank you thing for all the people in the office. And, um, I was like racing to get it done before she got in because I wanted to be like, oh, I finished it in the two hours that I'm at this desk this morning. Now I'm going to go to my desk and do even more. And I was just like, yikes, that's icky. That's a pretty gross, uh, gross mentality. And also it it does this thing where I have like this internal monologue and I've had it since I was little. I remember getting it in like math class um, when I was taking math tests and and my brain, it's kind of like everything just speeds up faster and faster and faster. And then I'm just like screaming at myself in my head, like trying to get me um, to, to finish things in like as fast as I think I should be. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, I actually paused for a second and I was like, Hey, it doesn't matter. Like you, I had this great moment of like self-awareness, which is something we talked about last episode. You right. Know? And I had this moment where I got to pause and I got to say to myself like, Hey, Emma, if you don't finish this by 10, it does not mean that you are not worthy. Like, it doesn't mean that you're not good at your job. 
And it's certainly, and, and finishing it by 10 certainly doesn't mean that you're better than this other person. Like that's just a garbage thing that I made up in my head. Absolutely. So self-set standards. Yeah. Oh my God. Brutal. Right. <clears throat> and so it was, uh, it was, that was a pretty cool moment of awareness. Um, but the thing was, is I ended up, I did get it done before 10. Uh-huh. Um, and I was going to like go and put it in everyone's boxes and be like, I finished the entire thing. You don't have to do anything. And I was just kind of like, hmm, why don't I actually answer some of these important emails in my inbox and she can put them in everyone's boxes. And I felt like that was like a good boundary for me. Yeah. You know? Like I got to practice letting go for half a second. Oh, that's the best. And it sounds so trivial. It really does. And like, especially talking about it now, <laughs> it feels like, like pretty dumb, but if you're anything like us and you like kind of relate to the chaos that's constantly churning in our brains, oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I, do you, <laughs> for me, can you validate me a little and make me feel like I'm not, <laughs> I really can because for me, everything that happens throughout the day and the moment is deeply catastrophic. Yeah. It is just a volcano erupting in my head, mm-hmm. the magma spewing everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can't stop it. It's really hot. And uh, <clears throat> it's been pretty difficult to learn that if something happens, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, if my coworker shoots me some side eye when I you know, do something wrong, you know, maybe uh, I could say, hey, how should I do it? And I won't have to feel... Well, yeah, or it could literally be in your head. Or, or it could be in my head. Or it could not be about you. They could be thinking about something else, you know? Yeah. Or something that's been really helpful for me is to remember that, like, other people have their own baggage, mm. you know? So, like, you could represent something for them, you know? Like, you could right. represent, like, the young white girl who it, it thinks <laughs> she knows everything, you know? And thinks she's so quirky and charming, and like you are quirky and charming, but like, oh, yeah. but like for somebody that could be really like triggering, you know? Right. Uh, for some context for me, that thing today that was kind of sc- catastrophic that I caught side eye for was actually dropping, dropping a slab of meat on the tile. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, <laughs> I don't know what I can glean from that mistake, but. Uh, Maybe uh, they were just uh, for context as well. I don't know how much you want to share, but Haley works in a lab. Yeah, I I do things pretty general. Yeah, I do things with meat, and I dropped a slab on the floor on the top. It's not animal testing, I swear. No, it's not. Dropped a slab on the floor, and it did make a really just what I thought was an incredible sound, but. Um, I'm sure I would find it disturbing. Yeah, it was just wet. It was okay. Okay, this isn't the point. No, so we're not doing. We're not doing like morbid baby goth ASMR. (laughs) So I think this was more about me taking that moment to not be horribly embarrassed because people make mistakes. Ooh, sounds like you had a little self compassion. I did. I had self compassion today, Ah. and that was really great. And you know, maybe that dirty look. It's fine. They can give me dirty looks for dropping meat all they want. I'm just going to drop meat a little less. Yeah, it's almost like you're a human being who makes mistakes sometimes. Yeah. It's a crazy concept. We can't all fling pork like a professional. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, so anyway, let's circle back to our topic today. We've sort of been dancing around it. So we let's, have. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's land this plane. So um, today we're talking about boundaries. 
so Haley, uh, you're sort of new to this. So do you want to talk to me a little bit about what a boundary is? Like what your understanding and how you would just desc- like describe a boundary? Right. Okay. So for me, a boundary is, I wouldn't call it a rule, but like a little fence you put up to, um, I guess kind of outline appropriate territory. Mm, mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So I've personally learned some boundaries lately, how to set boundaries. We love to set them for other people. We hate when they're set for us. Ooh! Um, Hot take. Hot take. Yeah, that was me. Um, And I've learned that you do not only set boundaries for other people, you set boundaries for yourself, which I think is even more important. Yeah. And even more than that, it's like, uh, not only do you set boundaries for other people, you set them for yourself and you have to respect other people's boundaries. Oh yeah. Like ones you don't even set, ones that are set upon you. Right. You know? Um, so for me, boundaries, um, I had absolutely no concept of boundaries when I started in recovery at all. Um, something when I was very new, I might've been newer than you are right now. Mm -hmm. And I was talking, um, to a person also in recovery. And I said, just sort of like one of those God moments where I said something, um, that has really stayed with me through all of the work I've done. Um, which was, I was under the really, really false impression that, loving somebody meant having no boundaries. Oh yeah. I'm familiar with that one too. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure you've heard me say it. Yeah. Um, because for me, I was taught it, my life was so binary. It was so black and white. Things were either right or they were wrong. They were good or they were bad. And I desperately so, so, so badly just wanted to be good. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in, I was in my brain and like what I was taught was that being good meant being nice and being nice meant doing things for people. Yes. And so I never learned to say no. I never learned uh, to take care of myself. I would bend over backwards for strangers on the street. Like truly. (laughs) I mean, I remember I like once literally gave a homeless person a sweater off my back in the Petco parking lot. Oh, wow. This was not that long ago, <laughs> you know, yeah. just because like, I, I just wanted to be good. I wanted, um, I was like, I've, I've always been so terrified of like the concept of damnation, which is something I still struggle with. Like, I don't even believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe in like this eternal fire and brimstone thing anymore, but I still have those little brain goblins in the back of my mind that tell me like, what if you're wrong? Oh, yeah. What if they're right? You'll burn forever. They're very loud, aren't Um, they? (laughs) Yeah, my brain goblins sound a lot like the uh, aliens in Toy Story. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it's terrifying. I was terrified of Toy Story because of those aliens as a child. Um, And now they're my brain goblins. (laughs) So that's fun. That's real fun right there. Um, So one thing for me is like saying no to people is still really hard. You know, like no, it just feels like you're crashing into a brick wall, right? So one tool that I have learned to use um, is saying like, oh, sorry, that doesn't work for me. And then offering something else, right? you know? So like literally it happens all the time. Like when people ask me to babysit, even if I'm free, I 
but I'm exhausted or like I've had a really long day or I just need one day and I just want to be at home and clean and be with the animals and Mm -hmm. like catch up on whatever Netflix show I'm watching. Um, And I can say to these people, I can say, oh, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me. Maybe next time. Yeah. And a great, a really great takeaway from that is that free time doesn't mean you're free for other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a hard thing, at least from what I've experienced for others to understand when you're trying to enforce those boundaries. And that's the thing too. Oh my God. Um, that's huge is especially setting new boundaries with old relationships. Oh yeah. Like with friends and family and partners maybe like that you had before you knew better, like setting boundaries with them. It's, it's truly painful. Yeah. And it feels wrong because all of a sudden you start putting yourself first. Um, and that means you're no, no longer putting them first. Yeah. And that's not what we were conditioned. to And do. that's not at all what we were conditioned to do. And so it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a therapist who once told me like, I don't get to trust my guilt meter because it's oh, not well calibrated. That's so good. It's like, I don't get, it's, it's like if you're following a compass that doesn't always point North, like yeah. you're going to get lost as hell. And that's, that's what I have to, that's why I have to like lean on my friends and and other people in recovery and other people that I trust. Um, because I don't always know what the right thing is. Oh, you know, definitely not. And so I talk to people Mm -hmm. and like, that's, what's different now too, is before recovery, I was so, first of all, before recovery, I didn't have people, you know, like, um, I didn't, I, I was so unbelievably isolated and alone in my in my like addiction and illness and sickness and everything. Um, and even if I did have people, um, I was terrified of letting them see that I was like a flawed human. Yeah. Which is funny because they could absolutely see <laughs> what a flawed human I was. <laughs> Just not in the ways that you were self-conscious of, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was like being, um, being purposely vulnerable was so, crippling. Yeah. Like the idea of telling somebody, I don't know what to do here. What do you think? Like Mm -hmm. that was so impossible to say. Yeah. Because it's hard to even accept the fact that you don't know something that you don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. I think the most valuable tool I've learned in recovery so far is to be okay with not knowing. Yeah. Sitting with the uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. Because, um, for me, and I think you'd probably relate to this too, is like when you first set a boundary or when you first, like doing anything for the first time is so uncomfortable. Like for me, I really feel like my skin is too tight. Like I feel so uncomfortable. Like I'm going to crawl out of my skin. Like it's a super low grade panic attack. Oh yeah. You know, because it is, it feels so wrong and everything in me is telling me like, you are being mean. You are being cruel. You are not treating this person the way you would want to be treated. Like Mm -hmm. all of this stuff that I was taught and that I absorbed from like watching my mother like slave away and put everyone else before herself to the point where like, I like, we didn't get haircuts. Like my mom would just chop our hair off with kitchen scissors after a shower because she didn't want to waste money at like a hair cuttery or uh, what, what do we have down here? Um, super, super cuts. Super cuts. Yeah. Um, and like, it was to the point that my mom felt guilty spending $14 on a haircut. Right. And 
whether or not, like, that's the thing about kids. And like, I work with kids all day long. Like kids don't just learn from what you tell them. They learn from what you show them. And like, I was shown that it's not okay to spend money on yourself. It's not okay to take care of yourself, of your physical appearance. Like it's not okay to tell people no. Um, and that did not serve me as an adult trying, um, trying to, to, to find my own source of happiness and validation from like inside. Right. And I had a very similar experience with my father. You Tell know, me about it. I grew up, um, you know, we had a lot of family events cause our family was very close. And every time there would be a get together, my father would be the one taking it upon himself to like sometimes almost literally break his back, bending over backwards mm-hmm. to serve everybody else's needs. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing him, just angry, frustrated, sometimes on the verge of tears, trying to do everything for everyone else. And it really wasn't his job in hindsight. You know, the world wasn't going to fall apart if he didn't do some mundane physical task for my uncle and his wife. Yeah. But for him, it would. And that's what I learned. And that's what I started doing. Yeah. Especially in my most recent relationship. If I didn't serve everything there, then, you know, I wasn't good. Yeah. I wasn't being a good partner and and friend. And then there's no boundaries, no boundaries at all. And, um, I read on Instagram, it was some poet. I can't remember which poet I meant to look it up before we recorded. And then I didn't, um, (laughs) but it was that the, the boundaries are the space in which I can love you and me at the same time. Oh, I love that. I think you've heard me say that before too. Yeah. Um, You guys will learn. I haven't had a single original thought since I started (laughs) recovery. Um, But I mean, for me, it's almost like I had to unbrainwash myself. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Had to unbrainwash myself. And yeah, it was just like learning to be vulnerable and to show people that I'm a human being and like, maybe that's okay. Yeah. You know? Cause like I have this ability, like I have so much space and like love and room for other people just making human mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to me, I don't want to have any of that. Right. And I think it gets difficult when setting boundaries for yourself. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I, in setting boundaries for myself, it makes me feel like, either I'm restricting myself or that I'm a coward for not wanting to cross that boundary. You know, when I tell myself that I'm not allowed to look at my ex's social media, it's like, oh, is little baby going to get sad? You know, like how mean is that? It's awful. It's so awful. I literally had such a similar experience um, when I was brand new in recovery. And there was this guy that I was so like, cripplingly hung up on, you know, and he had broken my heart over and over and over again. And I had this delusion in my head, um, that I couldn't block him because what if one day he needed me, you know, and I was the only person in the, if you guys could see Haley's face right now, it's because she's describing what I'm currently working through with my therapist. Yeah. My ex. (laughs) But it's like, I, I had this idea of like, I couldn't block him because what if he needed me? And I'm I'm really the only one that could help him and understand him and, and fix him. That's what I was really saying is yeah. I thought I was the only person that could fix him. Um, and wh- 
I mean, the truth of that is, is that's just me thinking that I know what's best for another person. And that's me taking away their dignity to make their own choices and their own mistakes. Right. When you get so angry if somebody did that to us. Yeah. I would be like, you don't own me. You don't get to tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Um, And I literally sat on the phone with a friend in the program and she sat there with me and talked to me while I blocked him. Oh, and that was like that. two years ago. Yeah. And he's been blocked for two years and, uh, y'all, it feels pretty good. Um, and that's the thing too, about like blocking people for your own self, uh, mm-hmm. self care is you can always unblock them at a later date. If you decide you don't need to have them blocked anymore. Yeah. And um, if, if they notice and get angry about it, that's guess what? They're blocked. Yeah, so that, that says <laughs> enough about them, I guess. Um, And the thing too is, is what I realized for myself is I was doing the same thing. I would like go and I would like look on his Facebook and I would check up on him. Um, And then a couple hours would go by and I would be so angry, so irritable, so discontent, so um, just nasty and upset. And I'd be like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so bad? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because I, I didn't put myself first. Yeah. I mean, I didn't honor my own boundary and take care of my mental health. Like that's what that is. Yeah. You know? And one of the biggest things, um, that has been a lesson for me is learning, um, <laughs> So something for me is I, I'm very, very uncomfortable if I think people are mad at me. Um, it's a very difficult emotion for me. A lot of people, they sort of um, get defensive if people are mad. Um, but my reaction is more, I'm like the possum that plays dead. Yeah. You know, like people get angry. I, I'm like the dog at the dog park. Oh, no. My dog and the downstairs dog are barking at each other right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I took his collar off so that it wouldn't jingle, and now he's barking. Now he's so. all spicy about it. He's feeling free and naked. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm very uncomfortable when people feel angry at me, and uh, so my instinct is always to just apologize, to be like, it's my fault. You're entirely right. I should have known better. I should have done this. I should have done that. But the fact of the matter is, is sometimes I... I did or said what I said because I meant what I did or said. Yeah. You know, and I'm apologizing for something that I'm not actually sorry for. I just think it's going to, you know, manage and minimize their reaction so I can feel safe and comfortable. Right. Um, And so something I've learned is that if you set a boundary, a lot of times if you're setting new boundaries with old relationships, like they aren't going to like it. Because other people tend to benefit from you having no boundaries because that means they get more of what they want or whatever. Yeah, they can have as much of you as they feel they need. Exactly, yeah. And so when you set new boundaries, um, people can spin out. And uh, the imagery I like to use is, you know, they they may flop around a little bit. They may spin out. They may flop around. Uh, And that's not your job to fix. No. And that's okay. And you can let them flop around. Because they're going to figure it out. And if you've set this boundary and it's something that you need to feel safe or heard or just because it's what you need to say, because it's the truth. Um, one of my favorite catchphrases is, you know, say what you mean, don't say it mean. Yeah. And as long as you've done that, then you, 
you've set a boundary. You've set a boundary and you're avoiding something that'll take the time you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And you know what's even better than that too? I just realized mm-hmm. I'm going to draw a great connection here. Yes. The same way that you can block people and then down the road, you may decide they don't need to be blocked anymore. When you set a boundary, you can reset it. Oh, you yeah. can change it. Boundaries are the best when they're flexible. I always like to think of boundaries as lines in the sand and not like a dramatic, like I'm drawing a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. It's a line in the sand and then life happens and maybe that boundary gets knocked down or maybe you carry that little pail of water and wash it away and set a new one. And that's life. That's life. So do we want to talk uh, real quick about our favorite boundaries metaphor? Yes, I would love to talk about it. Take it away, babe. I will. (laughs) (laughs) So see, boundaries are like essentially having a house, being in a house. Yeah. And you can keep your door locked. You can keep it open. You can sit out on the porch. You can let somebody sit on your porch, but not unlock your door to let them into your house. Yeah. And if you let them in and you have a good time and then you decide you want them to leave, you can kick them out because it's your fucking house. (laughs) And if they leave the package on your doorstep and it looks pretty funky to you, you don't have to bring it in. Yeah. The thing is, once you lock that door, it's not locked forever. Yes. You can just unlock it and open that door right back open. Ah. And it's your house and it's all up to you. Yes. So if they shimmy down the chimney, it's a whole other problem, but we don't have to talk about that. That's a whole nother issue. (laughs) Um, why, thank God we don't have a chimney. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of like, in my life, I used to, I would keep people like on the sidewalk out in front of the house. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, Hey, come here, come (laughs) all the way into the bathroom adjoining my bedroom. You know what I mean? Like there was no in between. No. There was no gray. It's back to that binary, that <laughs> yes or no, that right or wrong, the black or white, the good and bad, you know? Yeah. And you would either be 100% at arm's length or I was like primordial, primordially oozing into <laughs> all of your like pores, <laughs> you know? Like I was, either, I was either a feral cat or a parasite. Yeah, I was one or the other, you know? Oh, I would lock and people now, into my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can't and take leave. people hostage. <laughs> totally. And now you can have coffee on the porch. And then you can say, hey, this is pretty great. Why don't you come over for dinner? And then maybe they come into your kitchen. And then maybe you decide, oh, this, this doesn't work for me. I, this isn't close. working for me. And then maybe next time you just say goodbye to them on the porch again, you know? Or right. you just let them in the foyer. And sometimes if you get really comfortable, then maybe you can let them in, into your bedroom, not like into your bedroom, but, but like, like into, your bedroom. into like your, into like your personal space kind yeah, of thing. Your little spot. Your little, little home. A little cozy, a little cozy place. A little nook. Oh God. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I'm saying. It's not what I was saying. I, the it's house fine. metaphor just took a oh. hard left turn. Ooh. Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our take on, on boundaries, uh, at the end of November, 2019. I'd be interested to see what we have to say about it. Even just months from now, even like a week from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, Haley, would you like to conclude with some gratitudes? 
I would like to conclude with some gratitudes. <laughs> so here's a sappy one. Learning to say what I fucking mean for once. Yeah. Cycling back to the very beginning of this episode when that strange person called me five times in a row after, you know, a few days of radio, sweet, sweet radio silence. Um, <clears throat> I just said, hey, if it's urgent, text me because this makes me feel really, really weird. Oh, and I, I would have incredible. I would have never said that. I would have been like, oh, what's going on? I would either ignore it completely, which yeah. sometimes is a viable option. Yeah. Um, that's a different discussion, though. Or I would just call back immediately. I would go take a bathroom break and be like, what's going on? Tell me all about it. What can I do for you? And I didn't do that. You didn't do either. You went through door number three. I went through door number three and it felt great. And it's such a (sighs) nice change of pace for Haley from three months ago. I love that. Who was on that phone crying in the bathroom almost every day. Yeah. And then I am also just so, so thankful for when... um, my coworkers don't fucking talk to me in the break room. <laughs> what are you grateful for, Emma? Oh, God. Um, I am grateful. I don't know. I, I kind of want to say, I don't want to copy you, but like, I'm really grateful. I'm still sort of riding off the high of that tough conversation I had, you know? Oh, and yeah. The fact that I, uh, I stood my ground and I set a boundary. Um, like a, pretty hardcore, you yeah. know? And the weight that's lifted when you yeah. say those words. And honestly, it's, it's provided me like even more, um, more like security with this person because I literally said like, this behavior is affecting me like this. I, I don't accept that. So you either want to meet my need mm-hmm. and communicate or this isn't working, right now. And it felt so good to say what I meant. And now this person is like actually working to meet that need. And I don't expect it to be perfect. Like <laughs> we're humans we're and people. this is new behavior for this person. And, and I practice new behavior too regarding it, but it just makes me hopeful that um, doing the hard thing as opposed to like sticking my head in the sand like an ostrich. Yes. Uh, it sometimes pays off. I think it pays off more often than not. <laughs> um, so far. I, I am also grateful because I'm reading uh, a pretty cool book right now that's about different death and burial rituals. Um, the recording device is actually sitting on the book right now. Oh, it sure it's is. called From Here to Eternity by Caitlin uh, Doty. It's pretty cool. She's like a mortician from LA and she traveled all over the world, like researching other cultures and how they uh, bury their dead. And it's really dope. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Love talking boundaries with you, babe. I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I could Let's talk about potato it chips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Recovery isn't for people who need it. It's not even for people who want it. It's for the people that do it. If you are interested in recovery, please seek it out at a local level in your area. 
We promise it will be there waiting for you. It, it works, works if you work it. it. To the loo. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>